Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 164. And I'll be doing my X-Men a catch-up show here, where I'll be talking about Fallen Angels number one and X-Men number two. And if you have been following along at home, playing the home version of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, you'll know that last week I said that I was not gonna talk about Fallen Angels. Well, I ended up hearing from Besotted Geek, who that How Dare You is directed at him because he threw shade at me and said, well, how dare you? And he threw the how dare you at me. I'm the one who hits the how dare you. (laughs) You don't throw it back at me. And said, why aren't you doing the Fallen Angels? You're lazy. You're all that. And I said, you know what? How dare you indeed. And I'm going to do it. I'll show you. I'll show you who doesn't do Fallen Angels number one. And that means he won. I I don't know how this works in my mind that I'm showing anybody. But uh, what ended up happening, I'll I'll explain this before we even go on. What ended up happening is Fallen Angels, as we're going through these X-Men books, and Fallen Angels was the last part of that first round of books. We're going to go in this episode going back to start with X-Men number two, the second round, I would say. Uh, And I said at points while we were going through the books, I was enjoying some. You'll know that if you were listening that I enjoyed the X-Men number one. I enjoyed Marauders. I enjoyed some of the other ones, you know, X-Force, all the like different. But the ones that I didn't enjoy, I said, are the ones that were just like a little out of my grasp, a little bit where they weren't as new user friendly. And I'm saying new user friendly as I come into the book and you have to explain who these characters are, what they're doing, why things matter. And I do think that Fallen Angels is the one that's the hardest to grasp that sort of way. You end up, if you don't know Psylocke and her past and even her connection uh, with Betsy Braddock, even with how she ended up coming to be, uh, I, you're lost, and I was. So reading it, and I said I didn't enjoy it. it. It's not that I didn't enjoy it because I didn't like it. It's because I didn't like it because I didn't understand it. So what ended up happening is, Basada Geek, he's just hounding me, right? Just hounding me. It's like, And I said to him, I'm not watching Star Trek, so stop it. And so I go and read it again, and I, I don't understand. I'm like, I'm going to message him. I'm going to message him and tell him where it, where I stand. And then I got scared. I don't like doing that. So I thought, well, instead of that, he knows I'm joking about all this, but when instead of that, I thought, well, How about this, old Jimmy boy? How about you do something you don't like and and go do some homework? And so I went off and started reading things, not issues per se, but 
fandom wikis, things, reviews to try to get my head wrapped around what is going on, these characters. Now, if you know the book already before I go into it, Laura X-23 is in it. I know enough about her. Love her. One of my favorite characters. Kid Cable's in it. Love him. I, I love him probably more than anybody because most people I hear seem to hate him. But I, I love it's Psylocke, though. So going through Psylocke, so I'm reading some stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, some bells and whistles and light bulbs were lighting up. Uh, that was because, you know, there was a fire down the street. But I was understanding some things then. And so the things that were just going over my head before I started seeing were important. And then reading a little more, I start seeing that these things are also pretty well done. So by the end of all that, I don't think that Fallen Angels is a perfect book or a perfect issue, but I see that if you are a Quan and Psylocke fan, I see where the, you know, appeal could be. We'll get to that in a minute, though. That's just my little intro. Speaking of also shade, I ended up having a guy because this is episode 164. This is like the fourth episode, fifth episode in seven days, whatever the heck it is. And I mentioned, too, at one point, eh, we're going to throw away the rule book, the, the stupid rule book that people go by. You can only have this many podcasts in a week and you can't do this and you can't talk about that. That's my voice of the rule book. I ended up actually this week getting shade thrown at me about how many episodes we are doing on the Marvel side of things here on the regular, you know, the regular feed that you're listening to this now. And it was from a guy he has a podcast and he's talking and he's like, I don't know why you guys do all those podcasts. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, what's ridiculous about it? Well, it's too much. And I just and and this was a unprovoked and maybe he was reacting from hearing the thing that I said about, you know, hey, we're going to throw away the thing. We're going to do this. And, and so I'm thinking right there. And, and really, I'm in attack mode already, or at least defensive mode with a slight attack side. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, well, he seems to have listened. So he knows that I have no idea what this podcast he's on. I've never listened. So I, I feel like I'm like, already I'm talking shade and throwing it in my my mind but i'm trying to be nice i'm like well you know we just do things and with the shutdown and things are doing no no makes everybody else look bad i'm like well what the hell are you talking about so then i just said well i think that if anything it it makes some people maybe look lazy really and then well that's what i mean it's ridiculous and and all i can imagine because then i'm like okay let's check out this guy's podcast so i go to the podcast and i see that at best, they have two episodes a month. You know, it's supposed to be every two weeks. I ain't following that schedule very well. It's like one episode, then three weeks. And then, I'll, you know, then they'll come back in two weeks and then start crowing that they're on. Really? So then I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, that's fine. And you know, five episodes. I'm like, five. I, I had to t- remind him that I also have a DC Comics podcast, and, and on our Patreon, we do at least a show a day. I mean, really. And, and so he just, guy got mad. And then I said, well, you know, everybody does things their own way. It's something, you know, that I like to do. I like to throw some stuff out there. I like to get more out there. I have fun. I'm not really. And, and then he just got mad and told me to go F off. And this was all like DMs. I'm like, what is going on? I don't even know. This guy was having a bad day. But hey, here we are. Uh, And really, he's lucky because I probably should have done like seven episodes that day. And I'll do it. Don't push me. But hey, 
I'll tell you where you can find us. And then you can DM me and tell me that I'm a jerk, too. You can go over to Twitter at weird. Uh, what is it? WS Marvel Comics. There you go. You go there. You, you follow us. I'll follow you back. And then you can tell me I'm a jerk and tell me to F off. And then we'll all laugh. We'll laugh. We will. Uh, we also have a, a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can go and read a bunch of our retro reviews right now when no new comics are coming out, but also recaps of series, you know, retrospectives of certain authors, writers, whatever. There's a bunch of stuff there you can check out. And like I mentioned already, we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where I have decided since this guy's a jerk that I am going to do 700 podcasts a day. And you can go listen to all of them over there. I have at least one podcast a day, but it's, you know, 30 plus again, Kind of seems like it's going against the rules. I don't know who made the rules, but we like to go against them. We have a lot, a lot of shows uh, if you want to listen to those. Such shows as our Marvel Comics Patreon Spotlight that we have each and every week. This past Wednesday, me and Brandon were talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 44 and X-Factor number 1. Mainly because last week, Spider-Man 44 was supposed to come out in X-Factor number one. So I went back, and that was on the poll that ended up getting picked by the bad asses of the Fresh Start crew. Beep, boop. And also something just to throw it out there. Today is Monday as I'm recording it. It's getting closer and closer to the witching hour and being Tuesday. But right now it's Monday, and I ended up doing a new podcast, Manga Monday. It was the first official episode and if you are into manga or if you don't you're kind of interested in it just to see what's going down i am doing this kind of the perspective of me doing the marvel podcast when we first started somebody who's getting back into manga i used to be into it before but everything that's going on now is new and and bizarre to me so i'm talking about in the first episode if you are in the manga you'll laugh uh because it's a really good manga but it's crazy i did chainsaw man Chapter one today. So if you want to go, and there's tons of other shows, now tons and tons, and you can f off me. Uh, but yeah, you go over to Patreon.com/slash Weird Science. But let's get into these books that we're talking about. We're going to start with Fallen Angels. Obviously, I already started talking about it, and it is Fallen Angels number one. It's written by Brian Hill, pencils and inks by Seisman Kadransky. And colors by Frank Darmada, letters by Joe Sabino. VCs, Joe Sabino. I want to add, you can't forget that or they come after you. And this issue, I said, if you do background or you already know, if you come in here and already know Psylocke, then I think that you'll enjoy this way more than just somebody like me before coming in, you know, with nothing. Clean slate. Here I go. Let's see what's going on. But... Me doing the research, I understand a little more, and I understand enough to see that this is decent. I still don't love it because it is really just set up, and the setup is very, uh, not quick, but it, it, it's very nondescript. There isn't a lot of detail in the setup. At one point, you do have Psylocke go, and Sinister allows her to get off of the island, get off of Krakoa during a shutdown. And I kind of wanted to see what that really meant. You know how that goes on. And then at the end, you just end up having the bad guy. I don't like him. I want to get him as well. But you don't know too much about him. And then it's just Psylocke. Okay, I I need a team, which is how we started. So it is a lot of setup. It is a lot of let's get going. And I, I wish 
the first time I read it, especially, I wish that it was more set up of let's tell you who Psylocke is. Now, if you do know about Psylocke, it's, it's a very weird thing here where you do have flashbacks that show kind of the origin. But the flashbacks, you need info before you get that. It, they aren't just pure out. We're going to show you the you kind of need to know what's going on so that you can tell what the flashback even is. But that's not where we start. We actually start in Tokyo on a train where you see a little girl get on the train. She has a very familiar tattoo on the back of her neck if you are a Psylocke fan. And she's standing there. She pulls out a device and connects it to her side of her head and then starts bleeding like she's from the ring. Her eyes get black, stuff coming out of her eyes. Don't change the channel. And then she ends up just wrecking house. She ends up breaking a, the a pole in the train, ends up beating people with it, ends up going, taking out the conductor, and then pretty much blows herself and everyone up, or at least blows herself up. Or I mean the train. I don't know. It looks to me as if she would have died, but I think that maybe she survived the way that things are worked out. But so this is all a very cold open if you don't know what's going on. But again, this seems to point directly and right away and then pretty much at the end is verified or near the end that this is Psylocke's daughter. Uh, So you go off then to Krakoa to see Psylocke and she's meditating and that's interrupted by a voice, a voice from the heavens or somewhere. It actually does even say, don't ask me my name. Listen, I don't like going by names. And, you know, try try to act like Abraham when God talked to him and don't ask questions. Just go and kill people for me because that's what Abraham did to his son, you know, stuff like that. And she is having this vision. It's disturbing her. And she's being told that the big villain of her existence, the big villain of mutants, the thing that will bring down their paradise is a thing called Apoth. And she has to go and figure out who that is. Well, she takes that vision, takes it right to Magneto. And you get a little bit of a background that I did like with Magneto because you end up having Xavier's dead coming into this after X-Force, Xavier's dead. And that's mentioned right away. So if you aren't reading all the books, you're kind of given that where Magneto says, well, since Xavier's dead, you know, I, I'm in charge here. Look at me. I'm sitting on a throne. What's that? You want to get off of Krakoa? No. We can't do that because Xavier's dead and we shut down the borders. We're we're not going to build a wall, but we're shutting down the borders here. Nobody in or out of Krakoa right now. And she's like, I have to go. This is more than just a vision. I need to go and kill somebody. I need to go and do this, this apon. And you have Magneto's like, well, I I can't let you do that. But you might want to go and talk to old Sinister. Sinister. He may be more, you know, his ears may open a little more. He may listen to you a little more about this. But And you have Psylocke, who in my mind, she's like, but you're going to help me? Uh, but you said you can't. And she doesn't get it, that she's getting the wink-wink. And maybe it's because you have Magneto, he's got that big helmet on. She can't see him winking. He's doing that wink-wink. And she can't see it because of the shadow from that stupid helmet. And she's like, well, you you told me that I can't, but now you're showing me how to do it. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, wink, wink. And she still doesn't see it. Like, well, <laughs> and he's like, well, and then I, I wish that he was just it started going with the, the pig Latin instead. Ixnay on the X, quay, 
Is that how you do it? I'm not very good at Pig Latin. I will admit that. I'm good at the first part, not good at the Latin part. Uh, And then she's like, well, all right, I'll go talk to Sinister. Thank you so much, Magneto. He's like, why are you thanking me? Wink, wink. And she's confused. She just goes, oh, made me laugh. That's not really how it went down. But I think it did. She goes up to see Sinister, who is just hanging out, may or may not have pants on. And she shows up and says, hey, you know, um, I need to get off of Krakoa. I need to do some things. He ends up saying, oh, yeah, how you doing, Quan? And she's like, that's not my name anymore. Stop it. And ends up, I want passage out of here. I need to get off the island. I need to, you know, do some things. I need to kill some people. I, I don't really like this paradise. And he's like, well, why don't you speak to Magneto? He's kind of involved here. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. Really push the idea that he's in charge now that Xavier's dead because, boy, you can really grease the pole with that. She's like, yeah, I talked to him already. He said to come here. And, yeah, and you get the idea where you have Sinister, who he's going to get her off the the island, but she's got to tell a tale first. She's got to fill in some details. What I think is Sinister is going to get his jollies off of this. And he's, he's going to get a little kinky in his, in his mind because he's like, well, you know, I don't like to be bored here. I, I don't want you to be boring me, but I'll ask you a question. You know, what's going on? Why do you have to get off of here? And, and if you were going to kill Betsy Braddock, how would you do it? And I'm like, what is going on? And, and she's like, well, I, I do it like I kill anybody else really quickly. Would you allow her to scream? And I'm telling you, at this point, I don't know what he is doing. And I wish that uh, I don't want to see it. I wish it would say, and and, uh, would you make her scream? I mean, would you do it in the open? Oh, my. What are you going to wear? And she just says, enough of this. Stop it. Let me leave, Krakow. Let me do this. And he says, okay, well, we're going to, I'm going to let you go, but don't go alone. You got to take some people with you because, oh my, how is paradise going to end up judging us if we do this? But she, he says, passage granite, go chase your apoth Psylocke, but don't do it alone. Take somebody. It, again, I don't quite get why he's demanding that. This, There are like little details that kind of slip by me of why would he care? Now, she might think, well, I got, but she's not. And that's the problem. I think that Brian Hill, he desperately wants to make this a team book. And he's been told to or he's got Psylocke, all this stuff, because this book is pretty much a six-issue mini it ends up being. And it's all about getting Psylocke in place to go on. And Psylocke would would not go off with other people. She would just go off on her own, but they want some other people involved. So Sinister, this is my idea. Sinister says, take somebody, take some other people. And she says, no one trusts me. So it's fine. Find what you're doing. You know, find somebody that wants to get off this island and wreck crap as well as you do. And then you'll have a team. And he's like, all right. And she's going, okay. And then he says, thank you for not being boring. And I think he goes off on his own. then. But she leaves. And this is where you get a little flashback of her. And this is what I said, where if you know Psylocke and you know this is a nice little recap or a little, you know, showing of her with her mentor, making her Quanon and going off. But if you don't know that, you're like, okay, and, and really, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the things that I thought originally going this like you're there. And like, okay, is that that girl from the beginning or is it somebody else is there? Well, they called her Quantum before. Is that 
And so I was just confused. Now I, I understand what it is. It doesn't really do much, but it's nice enough that you see. And you do end up getting a line that comes back at the end where a mentor says, you are a caterpillar, soft and ugly and useless. Pretty much what Tanya calls me, but you will become a butterfly. Quan and I will make you beautiful. And she goes off. Now, you go off then to what I can only call the Krakoa Burning Man, and it scares me. I wouldn't be involved. There's a big bonfire, people dancing around, shirts off, singing. I don't need that, really. And so you end up having Laura, X-23, and Cable, Kid Cable, standing there. They're not getting involved in the Burning Man. They ain't nonsense like that. Cable comes over, why aren't you dancing? And, you know, you have Laura say, I I don't mind dancing. I just do a little different kind of dance. It's called the fist question dance, and now I'm going to punch you in the face. And she does. They end up dancing, in quotes. She breaks his nose. He kicks at her, but she's too good. She ends up just knocking him down, popping the claws. And I thought that she was going to slice his throat, but she does not. Uh, But she does say safety sucks. This sucks. I hate this place. Uh, It's not for me. And you're seeing here, especially with Psylocke, X-23, and then Cable, these are characters that a peaceful existence does not jive with them. They're not peaceful characters. What they are about isn't peaceful stuff. And one of these things, like especially Alora, in my mind, that I know more about, is the idea of what is paradise to her? She is allowed now to just settle down, go to the Burning Man every night, you know, do all that. But she's never had that. And I don't know that she ever wanted that. So this is not paradise for her. Then throw in the whole deal where Logan is there and she is just the... And that's that girl who thinks she's a Wolverine. We have the real Wolverine here. And, you know, and to me, I love Laura. Laura's my favorite. And so I I get upset, too. Like, what are they going to do with her? If you are on this island, if you're Laura, and they need anything that you would need a, quote, unquote, Wolverine to go do, they're going to get Logan. If they get you, that's because Logan is off doing the other things that they don't want you to do so that's not a real paradise for her and that's what Psylocke kind of finds out where you know Laura wants to go you end up having Psylocke I'm going to get out of here I'm going to go kill some people you want to go yes why would you want to go because I want a life without Logan's shadow Uh, and says when do we leave now in the meantime she says to Psylocke we're not taking Kid Cable. Cable is not coming. He's staying here. Don't take him. And you think that it's going to be one of those, like, uh, she thinks that he's weak. She just broke his nose, all these things. It's not that. She thinks because of who Cable is that he should be able to enjoy this paradise, that this is something that he deserves. He deserves this place. He should be able to exist here. He should like it. But not me. I'm in. Let's go. And they go off to Tokyo, the two of them, to go have a meeting with Matoko, who is a person that Psylocke knows. Again, when you go through this, you end up throwing the Quanin name out there in a way that I like here. If somebody calls her Quanin, they obviously know her for a while. And I like the way that's spelled out, even though you see that she even told Sinister You know, Sinister threw it out there, I think, as a diss, as a, you know, kind of like, hey, I know who you really are. I think that, you know, with Matoko here, 
She's just using it because that's how long she's known her. And she says, Quan, in a long time, Japan misses you. She hasn't been there in a while and says, I'll give you a discount. Call it respect for Matsue or Matsuo. And if you know her, that's that's a big thing, too. And you end up having Silex say, tell me about Apoth. And Toko's like, ah, Apoth, it's just a rumor. It's just a boogeyman. When you end up having, you know, things in the underground, things selling drugs, all this, you, you need to have a boogeyman to, you know, scare the crap out of people. If you, you step out of line, you know, old Apoth will get you. Or if you do this, Apoth will get you. Uh, she doesn't believe in it. She's saying that. It's not true, but then, hey, uh, like, tell me about this other thing. There was an explosion on a train. He said there was a video. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's this thing called, uh, you know, overclock. It's kind of a tech drug type thing that you hook up and you go and you get all hyped up. But if you overdose, you end up having a real problem where you end up just pretty much trying to kill everybody around you so that you can take them with you. And yeah, like, yeah, Apoth is the source. And she says, if Apoth is the source of overclock, he's going to make millions because the crazier the overdose, the, the better the, the juices. It, it seems what they say. And, you know, everybody wants a piece of this and he's going to be millionaire, billionaire if this is right. Well, they end up looking at the video and you see there's Psylocke. And again, I'll mention Seismic Kudransky, not my favorite artist. I really don't like his art. There's been a lot of things that he's done that really throw me out of liking a series because of his art. This is the best art I think I've seen him do. It's just a different style, I think. And I think that maybe fans of his might not agree. They might like it less because it's not what I think is his usual style. This is a cleaner style in my mind. But you end up having Psylocke, she's looking at this video, and on this little screen, she's like, okay, there's a girl putting this thing overclock on. And then it goes and it shows the butterfly tattoo on the back of her neck, and that's where the art does a good deal. You go panel, 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 and you see where Psylocke's like, wait a second, like squints and looks. And then you see her turn into the girl from the ring and go... And this is where Laura realizes something is wrong with Psylocke. Like she's not moving or responding. What is going on? Well, what is going on is she's thinking back to when she had a daughter and the daughter was taken away and the daughter had that tattoo and the tattoo on there of the butterfly specifically on there so that she might be able to find the baby later. And it looks like she found her and this is not going well with her. And you end up having her just freak out just freak out and then say uh you know where is apoth tell me or i will scramble your mind like eggs and i find it anyway and and yeah she is pissed she is very uh aggressive here to matoko and it looks like there's going to be trouble well while this is going on matoko has these henchmen these two guys they're about to react laura just pops the claws like a badass and puts them right up to their face and says easy boys my friend is asking a question and you end up having matoka's like i don't know and if i send you there he'll kill and then all of a sudden she starts screaming and butterflies just start flying out from her there's a cl- looks like she is being killed by apoth while this is going on that he has some remote control deal to do this she falls down and this is where laura still has the claws popped on these guys and i'm like is she gonna slice them but she says psylocke you want to tell me what the hell we're doing as she jean claude double kick splits these guys and knocks them the hell out 
And you end up having Psylocke say, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to show you. And then puts her finger on two and presses, you know, X-23's hand and ends up giving her the info. She says, oh, my God, you have a daughter. Oh, God. And then Psylocke just says, I have a location. Are you coming? Like, yeah, let's go. And they end up going outside of Tokyo to a farm that has a barn they go in that's where they tracked all the stuff and there's just these kids just standing there and if you want to make a bad guy even worse it's that he's doing things you know like this where he's killing kids using kids for his own deal here and you end up having Psylocke say to Laura don't kill these kids they they they're innocent they didn't do this well it doesn't matter because they have the devices the overclock devices on them And you end up having all but one just and fall over dead. So you end up having Apoth kill them all and then talk through this final kid who just basically says, go back to your stinking, you know, island paradise nonsense. I'm Apoth. I'm talking through the kid now. I have an army. You can't stop me. And we are the next evolution of humans. Just Go off. Go off on your own while we evolve. It's our time. Leave us to our thing. You go back to your stupid stinking island. And then that kid fritzes out and falls down dead as well. Uh, And, yeah, you go back to a little deal of her, you know, a little older in her flashback deal, Quan in there with her mentor. But that just leads to Psylocke going back to Krakoa, going to Sinister and saying, listen, I'm going to get an army. I have a purpose now. I am going to use Cable. I'm going to use Laura. I want more people. I need a team. I'm going to recruit him. I'm going to get this Apoth. I will bring him to you. You can have everything that he has, and then I will kill him. And then she goes off and says she walks out of Sinister's deal, Bar Sinister, with Cable and Laura and says, Laura, Nathan, find me others that we can trust. And she is focused here she's focused and says you know you have laura you're giving us orders no 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 i don't have a choice but you're all caterpillars glistening and soft but i will make you butterflies and then it's to be continued and it's well done i i will admit that it's well done once you are on board with the characters you have to kind of be there before that all and go so yeah i like it i'm still gonna give it a seven five Like I said, it still is only set up. It still is a little bit confusing, even with knowing everything. But I can see more of what's going on. I see more of the story once I knew. And I'm not going to I'm not going to give it less points because of the idea I had to do work, though. I don't like to do that. I'm lazy. But when I did, I realized, okay, I see what's going on. So, yeah, seven, five. But now I'm going to move on and do X-Men number eight. All right, next one, number two, is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Laniel Francis Yu and inks by Jerry Allen Gulan, colors by Sonny Go and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And this issue, to me, is all about Scott Summers' Cyclops and his kids, Rachel and Nathan, Prestige and Cable. Uh, They end up having to go on a little mission. Cyclops has found out that Krakoa is starting to make a beeline for an island that has just kind of materialized in the ocean. And they want to know why Krakoa is heading towards it, but also what's on this island because preliminary looks at it seem to make it Monster Island. They got to go figure out if there's a threat, if they got to get ready for things, Uh, especially with all the craziness that is going on with the 
you know, mutants and Krakoa recently. So they end up heading off, have about five hours to figure out what's going on before Krakoa does reach this island. And it's good. I like the dialogue between a father and his two crazy kids. I mean, it is a crazy situation. They're, they're, they're there. They're mutants. They have all this crazy stuff going on. Uh, but it's really good. And it really shows in this issue that Scott loves his kids. He's there for him. There's a little part where even he tells Rachel at one point that she should go to Hawaii or even this other island because she dig it the most. All this. But it's very nice. Uh, and I love the dialogue between Rachel and Cable. I think it's great. I think Cable is hilarious in this issue, except that he almost ruins everything. Uh, but yeah, through this, you have him land on the island. And the island they see at the one point where Cable's like, okay, I brought 10 million bullets for this. I bought 7,000 rounds of that. I wonder if I brought enough here. And then up, well, look at the island because they're just getting to this new island. And the island has a center volcano that has demon tentacles coming out of it. And you end up having the, I should have brought a bigger gun. Reference from, of course, Jaws. I wish that it was a reference maybe from Deep Blue Sea. But it's not. But you end up having them land and they're going to have to get through the jungle to get to this volcano. Because when Rachel scans the island, eh, there's some low level intelligence of just standard wildlife. But there's one thing going on that feels human ish and it's in that volcano. So they start heading towards the volcano. The problem is eh, it's very thick jungle. They're trying to get through. Eventually, Cyclops just figures out I'm just going to blast a, a, a way through and let Cable go ahead as we go through. He's going to walk point and they end up coming up to kind of a monster bison type thing that has a third eye in the middle of its forehead, it looks like. And they're wondering if it's dangerous, but they're like, no, 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 it doesn't seem dangerous. It's an herbivore. It's not a carnivore as it then gets eaten by what only appears to be a giant demon venus flytrap and ends up eating this bison that's a carnivore they start attacking and and what i like about it you don't get the whole battle you don't get any of the battle actually you get the start of it where they're like okay are we going to go and attack that yes fire and it's cool because you see rachel she's using her telepath stuff or you know and then you have the visor shot by cyclops you have cable just shooting guns so it's a real cool badass moment there but you're not going to get the fight and it serves well because what you're going to get is the humor of the fight where afterwards you end up asking, have Rachel, why did you bite the thing? Because you end up having cables like, I can't get the taste of that out of my mouth. Rachel says, nobody asked you to bite it. That was crazy. Why would you do that? And Cable's like, you know, fight, flight, or bite. That's what I go with. And, and it's really funny. And even if Rachel like, yeah, Dad, I, I kind of blame you. I kind of blame you for all this nonsense. You know, this is a crazy kid. And it's really cool. And it really gets you into this whole family. And like I said, Cyclops seems like a great. It's something that I needed to have with these characters that are kind of just showing up there and together. And it's done really well. It really is. You end up, though, going into that volcano as all this is happening. And you see a guy there, a kid. He's all white with a symbol on his chest, his eyes bleeding black goo, like he's in the ring as well. Everybody's in the ring now. And getting talked to from beyond by what you see, says mother, you know, so it's his mother saying, you know, ours is a hard land, son. 
This is a soft place. It'll offer trials of a different sort, ones you are not used to. War is all you have known, and it, it will not have prepared you for this. And he says, how will I know what to do? The only wisdom I can offer you is find him, follow him. And that's big. There's two big things there, the mention of war and the find him, follow him that you find out by the end what's going on and why maybe Krakoa is heading towards this island. Uh, in in the meantime, this is the high summoner of Arako. Uh, you have all these things going on and stuff like this. So it, it is something bigger by the end. But really the fun of it is just seeing Scott, Rachel, and Nathan heading towards there. And they do end up coming into a clearing where you see this guy, the son, that comes out and they start talking to each other. They start, you know, hello, well, hello, but they, they don't understand each other. They don't speak the same language. And I love it, too, where you get from both parties what the language the other speaking sounds like. And obviously the summoner, his language is a little more, you know, it sounds more pretty. It sounds like singing while you have the summoner thinking to himself or saying, why, why are you speaking in grunts and things? It's a real harsh deal. Like I say a lot of when, when you hear German, just be, German sounds like you're always getting yelled at. And I have relatives that speak German and only speak German. I had an aunt that didn't speak English. She spoke German and, uh, and my name's Werner. So that just shows you I, uh, my one son of my family, real German. And, uh, you would go, as opposed to fake German, by the way, but you, you'd go over there and I'd say, you know, hey, uh, you know, Aunt, how are you doing there? Hey, and her name was Nancy. Hello, Aunt Nancy. How are you doing? And I'd have to have my uncle then translate to my aunt. And he's like, I'm like, I didn't yell at her like that. I'm like, I mean, it is. It's harsh. And then she'd go, and I'm like, what, what the heck? And Oh, she said that she loves you and misses you. I'm like, I don't think she said that. It didn't sound like that. And I don't know why that German ended up starting German and sounded Japanese by the end. I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, this went on for a while. She started learning some English. And then I realized when she did learn a little more English that she did hate me and probably was talking trash the whole time. She she did not like me at all. But and that's her fault, you know, it wasn't mine. Uh, actually, it might have been. But you end up having them trying to talk to each other. Things aren't going. So that's where Cable comes up and, and really wins the issue here where he's like, I got it. You know what? I'm going to go over there. I, I know how to work these things. I'm pretty good. I'm one. So he goes, hey, there, friend, what's going on here? Have have this gift. See, that's what you do. You give gifts to somebody to show that you're friendly. The gift is a thermal grenade, which, which the summoner then goes and activates. But before that, you have cable where they're like, oh, man, how'd you do that? You know, because he says, success. I'm a good person. I do good things. And that's why people love me. Rachel, remember that. You, you write that down. And so you have Scott. What did you give him? Something awesome. It's a thermal grenade. My last one. Hey, I'm a giver. And the summoner, boom, presses the button and blows everyone up. Or at least almost us. There's a big explosion. At the point you're wondering, I think this guy should be dead. Well, we see he isn't. So that shows you there's some powers going on as well there. But they're like, what's going on? And the <laughs> Cable's like, I, I don't know what else I was thinking could have happened there. <laughs> like I gave her a grenade and they activated it. Like I, I should have actually thought that through. 
And you have Rachel say, well, you were probably hoping for the best. Uh, you know, after all, you're a good person. You do good things. And that's why people love you. And it's really, really good. And then, you know, Scott, as if they were on a road trip, you know, across country says, stop arguing, kids. I want him to say, I'm going to pull over if you don't stop. and We're going to turn around and go home. Uh, but the summoner comes walking out and is pissed, is pissed. Like, what are you doing? And again, they don't know what he's saying, but he's yelling and he says, I'm a summoner. And he shows them that by giving a little gift of summoning right there and summons uh, or Ogloth, the great beast of the outer realm, who go dear, the vanquished God, uh, Durer, the undying, which is just looks like a big giant mutant crab. They're, they're all pretty kick ass looking. And now we have a battle and they are fighting. It's a battle to the death. You end up having Cable again in hilarious deal say, you know what you could use right now, Cable, a, a thermal grenade. But of course, you gave that as a gift. But if you didn't give it as a gift, we wouldn't have been in this situation as well. So, you know, you're really to blame. All this is going on. Scott finally realizes what they can do. They don't speak. It's almost having the Rosetta Stone a bit. They They don't speak each other's language. They're never going to. But Rachel was the one who ended up pretty much uploading Krakoan into all the mutants, you know, on the island. So Scott realizes, why don't you do the same to the summoner? Give him the knowledge of Krakon. We'll talk in Krakon. It's like Esperanza, the language of, of the world that didn't take off. But he, he end up having that so they can talk. So the summoner's like, why did you try to kill me? I mean, this was ridiculous. And you have you have Cable, who's now just in the freaking tentacles of Urgaroth the Undying or whatever, which one it is. And he's like, no, no, that was a gift. You weren't, you weren't supposed to turn it on. And as the summoner's like, are gifts different in your area, your neck of the woods? Because that didn't seem like a gift. But they realize, okay, this is, you know, there's no threat here. They stop. And that's where you end up having Cyclops who wants to know why, the, you know, the reason they're there. We're from this island, Krakoa. It is going. It's moving towards your island. Do you know why? And the summoner says, do you love someone? And, you know, that's one of those things where I think that Scott, it's funny because Scott says, well, to, just for, you know, to make this quick. Yes, I love a single someone. He wants to say I love a lot of people. His kids are there. This is the, you know, the worst. Like he's like, yeah, I only love one person. And there's there's Rachel and Nathan either thinking that's mom or it's one of us, but which one? But no, he's like, yeah, let's go. I, I love someone. And that's where the like, then you understand because that's what it's going on. And then Krakoa and this new island, they make sweet love is what they do. They're making love and they combine. They end up combining. <laughs> and again, Cable's like, what was that? And as he, it, it, it's like he's walked downstairs and walked into his parents watching a porno. He ends up putting his hands up to his face and then looking through his fingers and you end up having Scott's like, well, son, I think that's how all of my best mistakes have happened, which they're all there. Uh, and yeah, it's like now two or one, the islands together as it should be. And you have a new addition to Krakoa. And then the summoner's going and walking away. And the, Scott yells, where are you going? What happens now? And he's like, I'm not going anywhere because now I live here and I live here because he lives here and then just walks away. So with this, it's. Find him, follow him. I live here because he lives here. And you're wondering what's going on. And you do find out 
in the next page, it is Apocalypse, or A, as as he likes to be called. Uh, this is something where this is pretty much his son, uh, you know, and he, he even asks, because they're like, okay, I was here. My mother told me to come here. I'm going to follow you. All this, your children are in trouble. We need you. Araka will fall. All these things going on that are intriguing of what will come up. And then Apocalypse says, which of my children is mother to you? And he says war. And we saw that earlier. Uh, And he ends up saying, okay, I can see that now. You have it in you. And then you end up having him say, the summoner, you save us. Can you save us? And Apocalypse says, I will. I save all of my children, ones from Krakoa and those from Arako. And that's how it ends. And you have that. And it's, it's really good. Again, it's really good because it sets up things. You get something for Apocalypse down the line. You have this new bit. You have this addition to Krakoa. But really, for me, it is the, the jokes and the really, really great interactions between a father and his kids there. And pretty much, like I said, it's almost like they are in the old, you know, station wagon going across the, the country and arguing the whole way. And I, I really liked it. I thought this was one of the best cables. I love Rachel's interaction with cable. It was really, really good. And when I say the best cables, I mean kid cable. Uh, so don't, don't you know, throw shade at me, please. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I thought the art was good. And I'm not a real big fan of Laniel Francis use art usually. I, I don't know. Tonight is one of those where I seem like an art uh, you know, disser, but I'm usually not. But I usually don't like both of the artists that were on these books as much as others. But yet I think that they did great jobs on the book. So I was excited to read this. I had some fun. I had a smile on my face, nine out of 10. I don't hate everything, see? And uh, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. The next podcast that we do with the catch up, we will be doing Excalibur number two and Marauders number two. I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that I like Excalibur a little more, and I hope I continue to really like Marauders. That's one of my favorites of all these. So I hope you enjoyed this. Again, you can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics and let me know when you follow us, and I follow you back, and then you yell at me. Uh, you could go to our website, Weird Science marvelcomics.com check out things there and also go to our patreon account patreon.com slash weird science to pretty much support us for what i've been told is too many podcasts too many in in there and also get a lot more so if you if you don't think this is too many then you can get even more over on the patreon and it it does kind of inspire us to do even more stuff and if you ever did talk to somebody i think that is in you know, involved with the Patreon, I I would hope that they would tell you that we do work hard to make it worth your while. We try to put things out. And one thing I do want to mention as well, I am always up for suggestions when it comes to this podcast, when it comes to the Patreon, when it comes to my daily meals, I, you know, give me some suggestions and I will at least try them. And I think that that's one of the most important things about all the things we do at Weird Science uh, is that if you don't like something, just let us know because I am one to, you know, tweak things for everybody and anybody. I like everybody to enjoy what they're listening to and, and what we're doing. And if somebody has a suggestion, I will always at least try it. Uh, so that is a open deal. I think that one of the things that we also do 
that kind of breaks the mold of a lot of these podcasts is we do like to talk to people. We don't end up, you know, oh, look at us. We're up here on our high horse here. And you, you rabble, I'm not listening to the commoner. Oh, my. I do not want to be among the unbathed. That's not how we play. You guys are more important than us. That's why we do it. That is the most important thing. So, uh, And really, I started doing podcasts and things like that so that I could have friends. I don't have a lot of friends in real life. I have a real hard time keeping friends. And so this is the way to do it. So everybody listening, you're my friend now. There you go. You are all my friends, and I will put you uh, down for that forever and ever. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for just, you know, Keep on going and giving us some encouragement and stuff like that. But, yeah, let me know if you think that there's something else we should do or something we do too much or something like that. But don't yell at me that we do too much. I I don't want to be lazy, even though I am. But, hey, thank you. And I'm going to go. It's getting late. I'm going to edit this thing, put it out there. And I'm doing this now. It is past the witching hour. But uh, Tuesday night, me and Brandon will be back with our main podcast. And then as we go through the the rest of the week, I'm going to be doing another spotlight with Daredevil Born Again. I'm going through that. Now, I finished the whole uh, Days of Future Past, the X-Men deal, which I've been having spotlights for. And I think that right now, I think I'll be best served to just have an extra X-Men catch-up show for that. So I will probably have two X-Men catch-up shows this week. We're getting towards where the books are coming back. I want to be a little further. I'll continue doing the X-Men catch-up once the books come back, and eventually we will catch up to the books as they come out. But I want to get a little more ahead on that since we are only just starting the number twos here. So I'm going to do that. And then once we catch up, we'll figure out some other things to do and all that. But I hope that everybody's enjoying everything and that they're safe and all that, and I will talk to you later.